and welcome to another episode of Vet Chat. Today is the first of our Menopause Awareness Podcast celebrations and I'm delighted to be joined by two guests, Charlotte Pace and Lindsay Hughes, who will be sharing their thoughts and experiences around creating inclusive workplaces. Before we get started, let me hand over to them both for their brief introductions. Do you want to go first, Charlotte? Sure. So I qualified as a veterinary nurse in 2003 whilst working in practice in London. In the same year, I went to the Royal Veterinary College and in 2006 became the dedicated nurse for cardiology at the Queen Mother Hospital for Animals. In 2010, passed the um, veterinary technician speci specialist in cardiology. I was the first person to do that outside the US. And since then, I've been teaching and writing on matters cardiology and in the veterinary world. And I'm currently BVNA president. Fantastic. That's brilliant. Thank you. Um, and over to you, Lindsay, please. Hi there. So I'm Lindsay. I started working in practice in 2002, um, qualified as a veterinary nurse in 2012. Um, since then, I've had various first, worked in various first opinion practices in head nurse or management roles. Um, so currently, I'm one of the small animal directors of a busy small animal hospital in Wiltshire. Um, I'm jointly responsible for all aspects of running the practice, streamlining processes, auditing, supporting staff development, best practice, as well as bringing a new perspective to the board of directors as the only nurse within the directorship. So alongside working full time, um, I'm programs um, and have various leadership qualifications um, and currently um, undertaking um, CIPD qualifications in HR um, and alongside that I also um, OSCE examine and guest lecture in business management. Fantastic that's brilliant thank you. Oh, well before we get started I just wanted to say thank you both so much for joining us I know how busy you are and really appreciate your time for doing this with the webinar Beth so thank you. Um, no problem. Can we start um, right at the beginning? So just why you both think it's important that we raise awareness about the menopause? Sure, I'm quite um, happy to kick off if you like, and then, then Lindsay, you can take over. So basically the reason why we we think it's important to talk about the menopause is that there was a, a recent study done by the CIPD uh, in 2019, which said that three out of five uh, women feel that it affects the menopause affects their their working life and so I think when we've got a profession that is so heavily female dominated um, not not saying that other people can't experience menopause or perimenopause but I think it's really important that we we recognize this it's it's not a protected characteristic but yet something that affects so many people um, is something that we really do need to, to talk about. Brilliant. Anything you want to add, Lindsay? Um, so I agree with everything that, that Charlotte's just said about, um, you know, there's a high proportion of, um, of veterinary workers tend to be female, specific, specifically in the nursing side of that. We are predominantly a female-led industry um, so obviously for that very reason but actually for me it's more than that it's about raising awareness so that those staff members around the the team members that may be going through symptoms of perimenopause or menopause have got the support and there's the awareness within the team um, because I think 
certainly we'll talk about it a little bit later, but we undertook some training at our practice um, and we may well have scarred some of the younger members of our leadership team who were in their early 20s, but they were completely surprised by some of the symptoms and, and how it can impact that they were just completely unaware of. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a really good point. Thank you. Um, okay, fantastic. So Charlotte, can I just ask you about um, any updates or any initiatives that the um, BVNA are doing that relate specifically to the menopause? Because I think there's a lot going on, isn't there, in, in that space at the moment? Yeah, there is. And uh, I'm really grateful to be able to, to tell your listeners uh, all about it. So um, the BVNA are working in conjunction with the RCVS on a project called VN Futures. And within that, we also then have a, a subset group, which is diversity, inclusivity, widening participation group. And as part of that this year, we have um, done a focus on the menopause. And so our senior vice president, Alex Taylor, has put together a menopause toolkit which is available for everybody. Um, so if you just type in um, BVNA uh, menopause and it will come up with the toolkit. And like I say, because it's part of the VN Futures project, it's free for everybody. And in that, it's got things like a panel discussion that Lindsay took part uh, took part in um, with, a with a few other people and also um, a vet representative as well from the BVA, Anna Judson. And... Um, it has blogs, it has interviews, it's also got a load of signposting as well for for all manner of, of different people. Because you know, as I alluded to, menopause, it's stereotypically women and it's stereotypically the hot flushes, but actually it's so much more than that. And you know, we have we have issues, things, you know, things like um trans or um intersex or um but, uh, uh, people who are um, who've maybe not even disclosed to their employer. And so there are helplines there for for everybody who may be suffering from this kind of this this kind of condition. Fantastic. That sounds brilliant. And yeah, we can we always release a blog with our podcast, so we can absolutely link that on there as well. Just to, you know, people want to have an easy way to find it. That sounds amazing. Because yeah, we on a similar sort of note, we get a lot of people in our team who are men and they're like, I don't know where to start with helping people around me with this sort of thing. Um, yeah. uh, and I guess it ties in quite nicely, Lindsay, to what you were saying earlier. Um, have you got any sort of examples of, you know, challenges like this that um, might, people might face in daily practice life? I think there are so many, aren't there? And it, it kind of goes across multiple professions really but I suppose from our perspective you know all of the symptoms of, of menopause perimenopause that we were talking about earlier they'll be the most common ones that people think about um, which will be probably hot flushes that's what most people will probably come up with and say but in actual fact there's there's loads isn't there there's you know, at least 30 different symptoms that people will come up uh, may experience and there's yeah, I can't quite remember the percentage breakdown, but there's a, you know, 
proportion of people that will have minimal symptoms, some will have moderate, and then a smaller proportion that will have extreme. But everybody's journey is completely different. So I think, you know, a lot of the things that affect the team that I work with aren't actually those hot flushes. But for those that do, you know, we've looked at things, for example, uniform, you know, that could be a big issue. So um, the old tunics that nurses, some nurses still wear, they're really thick. And just, you know, having a look at, um, you, you can probably see now what I'm wearing, you know, not only is it's a sustainable um, uniform, it's made from plastic bottles, but it's also keeping you cool when it's when you're hot. Um, and actually for those staff members, um, when it's cold, it actually keeps you warm as well. It's, it's very strange that it does both things, but it does. But there's the things sort of like brain fog, um, you know, memory loss, um, how that can affect you mentally as well, not feeling good enough to do your job. So the mental health side of stuff, I think, is huge. And especially, I think, um, you know, the industry that we're in, we're very caring, but we question ourselves. And, you know, if we're perhaps maybe not quite where we normally are or where someone would normally expect us to, they might not understand that. And it's having that, that you know, we talked about earlier, the education to our whole team. So I think that's probably one of the biggest things you know vets and nurses you know and, and our client care team we're in jobs where we've got a lot of responsibility um and that that itself can be a pressure but as well as um you know my role is I support a big team someone will come to me and say did you get that email do you remember that thing that I asked you and I'm sat there like oh god no so I just feel like you then feel like you're not doing a good enough job so yeah. I would say actually that's probably one of the biggest challenges the you know we can change like I say the uniform we can put air conditioning in it's though it's the mental health support that I think we really need to make sure we're on top of absolutely I, I'd just like to come in there as well because I think Lindsay's quite right about sort of the the other aspect of it and also you know and the reason why we're talking about it is because it still is deemed to be a taboo or embarrass, yeah. embarrassing mm -hmm. but yet it affects so many of us yeah yeah and it, but it's it's being mindful not to be judgmental and this is sort of what I, I say about everything not just menopause but one person's journey is totally different to somebody else's so just because you experience this doesn't mean that that other person is going to experience it exactly the same so it's just being open-minded and recognizing that everybody deals with things differently or everyone's journey is different yeah Absolutely. So are there any sort of like specific changes that um, either of you are aware of that is going on in the veterinary profession or anything that you've seen in practice that have, you know, been introduced specifically for the menopause? And is there any sort of like successful stories that you could share around that, please? Yeah, I think um, a lot of associations, as Charlotte's already alluded to, are doing a lot of work on raising awareness of aware um, menopause in the workplace. Um, certainly having menopause policies in place is hugely important. Um, and I think that's something that um, not only protects the team, but raises awareness, like we said, um, and committing to those. You know, we we wrote a policy in in, in my practice but we include it so we've got a well-being team and, and members of that well-being team you know suffer from chronic illnesses but also we have um specifically members who are passionate about men raising menopause awareness so you know we we use them we wrote the policy together so it wasn't sort of from an up the top down it was inclusive um because we needed to get that we need to look at the culture it's the culture that's the biggest issue i think so there were things like i said you know we've changed the uniform putting in a water um, 
cooler um, downstairs and our main because we're a fairly big hospital so our upstairs team have got access obviously to the kitchen but the downstairs team just might need something to cool them down so actually having that cold water making sure our air conditioning units are in the right place desks are in the right place allowing people to have breaks um, but one of the things that we did which may seem really small so for for those of us who have uh, the joys of going through the perimenopause or menopause we know that obviously there can be issues with your periods unexpected bleeding heavy bleeding um feeling hot and sweaty um so we actually have um well-being baskets in each of our um sort of toilet bathroom areas which have got sanitary products in they've got um uh, sort of deodorants wipes washes we've got spare uniform and baskets in there so that nobody needs to feel uncomfortable if they're in that situation um so those are just some small things that we have put in place here but the biggest thing like i said is just talking about it you know having it as it's, it's normal and having that in your workplace how have you found it since introducing all those little things, you know, all those nice personal things that people I imagine would really appreciate? Have your team responded well to them? Yeah, absolutely. I think they feel like they're they're being listened to. Um, you know, the other thing which I'm, we did here, we actually had um, an external training provider come in and do um, menopause training for managers um, and our leadership team. So our directors, managers and leaders, whether they're male or female, all went on that course because it's really important that you you know our um our staffing age range is from 19 up to sort of mid 60s so there's a wide range of staff there and some of our managers are, or leaders sorry are in their early 20s um so they they won't understand those of us who are in our 40 you know well 40s or younger what we're going through um so how can they support those staff members that, that are within their team so like you were saying earlier about um, you know male members of the team understanding and um, it actually did for one of our male directors as well you know give him an understanding of what his wife was going through um, but it's really it's really important and then that like I say with, along with our well-being team um, I think I think it's made a I'm probably because I am part of it that's sort of a life process that I'm going through at the moment that I'm super passionate about it but I do find it really quite sad that before this point we haven't done as much about it as we we should have done because like Sarah like sorry Sarah like Charlotte said it's a big taboo or still seems to be a taboo in some workplaces and I don't understand you know why that is really yeah no absolutely and the more we can keep talking about it the more awareness there is and hopefully you know it'll continue to move forward and forward did you know the webinar that Virtual Veterinary Congress is back for 2024. Starting on the 5th of February, we have 10 hours of continuing education with speakers such as Sarah Heath, John Chitty and Samantha Taylor and many, many more. We'd love to see you there. And um, if you'd like to get involved again this year or if you'd like to join us for the very first time, please click the link in the description below to find out more. Brilliant. So you touched upon um, communication. So how important do you think strong open communication within veterinary teams is with the menopause um, well huge <laughs> <laughs> um, I think yeah I think if you don't make it um I don't know it, it needs it like I say it's a cultural thing isn't it it needs to be something and it's not just for us you know it's not just the menopause that we do that with it's multiple other things chronic illnesses mental health it's really important I think especially this day and age to just have an, a, an open um open communicate open dialogue about it um 
you know, I know I've mentioned it a couple of times, but for us, we're a fairly big practice and having that wellbeing team is really important because those people that are as passionate about it as I am, and there's quite a few members, we've got 10 members of that team, um, all from different, um, you know, um, areas of that they're passionate about. Um, that That's what drives it forward. Um, it's It has to come from within the team, I think, rather than it being, you know, leaders absolutely have to be on board and support it, but you have to give that voice to your team. I think that, that Lindsay makes a really good point. And I think what Lindsay's done in her practice is absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, and it's something to really aspire to. Unfortunately, that isn't the way it is sort of across the board. And, you know, where you don't have these kind of um, changes that have been put in place or, you know, water coolers and things like that, or, or you know, having regular breaks, because we all know how how stressed the, the profession is at the moment, how busy it is. It is, you know, the one thing that we can do as individuals is open that that discussion is saying, I'm 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 struggling, you know. I I personally I struggle in theatre because when yeah. I'm monitoring an anaesthetic, I still work in first opinion practice. I can't turn the the temperature down because I've got an anaesthetised patient on the table, and so you know I've now got adjustments where now I have a, an ice pack kind of thing that I put around me, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's those kind of things, and it's explaining why. I'm taking an ice pack into theatre so that other people are aware that actually, yeah, I, I do find this quite difficult. I think I'd add to your point there, um, Charlotte, about our practice. You're quite right. And I appreciate that through discussions that we've had. But it just takes one person in that practice to and, and this has to come from the leaders within that practice, because I suspect, you know, Charlotte's probably raised things in her practice and other um, nurses I've spoken to within BVNA Council have raised stuff. Um, we are fortunate now that we have nurses in leadership roles um, and they have they are the voice um, and you know and even if it's not nurse if it's vets in leadership roles as well we need to be looking at actually how can we retain our staff how can we make our staff feel valued and these things which is you know it's not a big thing to put some sanitary products in a restroom you know it's it's not a big thing to have spare uniform there it's not you know I understand obviously the water cooler there's an expense there to that but actually there may be other ways around that of providing that for your staff looking at your uniform stuff it, you're going to have to replace uniform anyway um, and the training side of stuff I mean it really wasn't um there are other providers out obviously lots of providers out there uh, it wasn't hugely expensive for the for what we were going to get out of it and I think you've, you've got people have got to realize that the staff are our most valuable asset um and and it, it frustrates me when people say oh I haven't haven't got time for that I can't do it. it it doesn't take very long to make those small changes to sit down and listen an hour an hour to talk to somebody who is is going through something that may help you write a menopause policy so that everybody then can adhere to that and understand why um it, yeah it's quite it's it's sad isn't it really yeah, absolutely. We've actually, as part of this series, we've got a lady called Claire Knox, who's from a company called See Her Thrive. Mm-hmm. And she's fantastic. She's, you know, if anybody is kind of looking, you know, thinking, where do we start with this sort of thing? You know, would highly recommend her. She does exactly what it sounds like what you did, Lindsay, where she goes into teams. So, yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, brilliant. So in terms of implementing policies and um you know what's where do practices start like how can they kind of make that first step if they haven't done already to create more inclusive and supportive um, environments for their teams 
Don't go, Charlotte or do you want me? I'm happy to. <laughs> um, so with regard to you, I, I would I would start with having the conversation with with your teams. Now, obviously, there's different size teams out there. So whether you do that as a whole practice or whether you do that with specific um, staff members, um, but having that conversation, you know, this is something that's important. I think we have to start with that, you know, as a practice, we feel this is important and we would like to do something on this. Would anybody like to, to get involved? Um, and then I think writing the policy, there's quite a few templates out there, um, which is why I'm sort of looking at Charlotte. I'm not sure if there is one within the BVA. Um, is there one in the BVNA? Yeah. There is, yeah, there is. Yeah, we've got one in our toolkit. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so there are templates out there for you to access. Um, I mean, they, you know, they're there. They're templates, obviously. Feel free to use them. Obviously, I would suggest adapting them to your practice and talking to, like I said, presenting them, having a discussion. Does, is this, does this work for us? Um, and I would also say that not having it, it, you know, having it fluid. So you've set your policy and your protocol, but that doesn't just need to sit there now forever. Like you can review that, you can update it, you can tweak it. Um, I, I review all of our policies, depending on what they are, every six to 12 months because things change. Um, and just, you know, continuing to get, get the staff buy-in, I think is the most important thing. Absolutely brilliant. And are there, say if you in um like if you're in a practice right now and you're listening and you're thinking, oh, I think what we're doing already is enough, but you're not sure. Are there any kinds of like um specific tools that you'd recommend for veterinary teams where they can kind of assess their work environment and identify if there are any areas that might need improvement in terms of the menopause support? I think, again, accessing the toolkits that are available um, for the associations out there. Um, there is quite a lot of information online about supporting staff with uh, menopause. You know, there's um, non-veterinary based associations um, and organisations that can support with that. Um, so uh, ACAS is one of those. Um, and there are other companies like that that provide really good, useful help um, a lot of um, practices that have um, HR, external HR companies that support them as well. They are brilliant. They will have things from a health and safety point of view that will obviously protect the practice as well, but they'll give you best practice um, suggestions and ideas. And again, they can help with any risk assessments that you need to do. Um, so there's lots of resources. I think maybe that's sometimes why it seems like a big thing to do and perhaps maybe stuff doesn't happen is because it just seems like it's a big a big job to do and it, it doesn't necessarily need to be like I said the templates are there just start from those and, and and build you know it to to the needs of your practice but there is loads and loads of resources out there that people will be able to access fantastic no that's brilliant um, and again we can put all that on the blog so people can find that easily and um, we did an Instagram poll before we kind of knew we you know what specifically we were doing um for this uh, campaign and one thing that was really interesting we asked our community do they feel supported in practice around the menopause and a hundred percent said no which yeah. was quite staggering really um yeah. so I think it's so wonderful to hear all these you know little changes Lindsay that you brought in and all the toolkit Charlotte that you know they're out there that people might not be aware of so Absolutely. The more we can kind of spread awareness on, on that, the better. Um, in terms of looking forward, what do you hope to see um, in terms of progress and support with the menopause in the veterinary profession? 
Uh, I hope that you ask that poll again, that 100% people say they feel supported. <laughs> That's what I'd like to see. Um, I think there's probably some things that we need to consider, sorry, that I forgot to mention before from um, a practice leadership leadership perspective in that we were talking about, obviously, um, people coming forward if they, because obviously, you don't always know if somebody is uh, is experiencing symptoms and that that's having an impact on them. And we talk about having this open culture, which you know we can have, but not everybody feels comfortable coming forward. And often it can depend who your line manager is, who your director is, who your you know it is that you're supposed to go to. Um, so again, it might be worth having a think about that, how your practice is set up. So again, I know we're a bigger practice, but we have a mentor system as well. So that the staff members have someone else that they can go to who isn't in a leadership role, who they can open up to, who then can have that conversation to say, I will take this for you if you don't feel comfortable, I'll make these suggestions. So I think that's something that is useful to have, but I appreciate, obviously, if you're a small team, it might not always be possible. But I would hope if you were a smaller team that you would have a sort of closer relationship that you might well be able to feel comfortable saying those things. So I think going forward, I would really like just practices or anyone listening to this who is in a leadership management role and thinks actually I could make these changes in my practice like I said they just need to be small things it needs to just be having conversations and those things don't cost money I know it takes time but the time it, it's so important to make time for your team your staff so if more people are having those conversations little changes that happen then will become bigger conversations and it just makes such a big difference. I think just uh, to add to that, I, I completely agree um, with what Lindsay said. I think what I would just add is that I think I would really like to get away this 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 shame idea, um, an embarrassment around something that is perfectly natural. Um, and, you know, one of those things is that it, it's being taken through Parliament, I think, because um, BVA are working on something which we fully support. Um, which which is getting the menopause becoming a protected characteristic so we're not ashamed to talk about something like i say that is perfectly natural to more than half the population mm-hmm. brilliant absolutely i think that's that ends the podcast perfectly so um thank you both so much is there anything final that you just wanted to add that we might not have covered in our in our conversations today I don't think so. I think hopefully we've covered most things. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having us. That, thank that, you. That, yes. that's, that's our thing. Absolute yeah. pleasure. And please, you know, keep up all the great work with the BVNA. And if the webinar vet can do anything at all to help, then please just let us know. We'd be delighted to. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you, Bo. Thanks. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.